0: Salop fans, welcome back to the latest episode of Shrew's Views here at the Shops Star with me, Johnny Drury. It's been a little bit of an up and down week for Salop, with Matt Taylor's men hitting some form with a big win over Derby, but it was back down to earth with a bump in controversial fashion at Oakwell on Tuesday evening. As always, the Salop expert, Mr. Ollie Westbury, is along, tri- alongside me, fresh from his trip to Barnsley. How did you get up and on up? How did you get on up in Yorkshire off, late night and three uh, 0 defeat with some controversial decisions? Not the uh, not the best evening on the road. The chili con carne before the game was the highlight. Oh, I knew you were going to mention food. I knew it. Yeah, it was very
1: terrific.
0: good, was it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There Just was that follows went downhill. I've never had I've
1: never had jalapenos jalapenos in in chili con carne before, but. It was, I mean, it was it was spicy. I'm paying for it today, mind. <laughs> I'm gonna say,
0: but I'm sure sure it warmed you up for a for a cold evening at uh, at Barnsley. But like we said, uh, three 0 defeat and some controversial decisions. So we'll go over Barnsley. We'll uh, we'll recap on Derby as well. We can't uh, we can't forget that fantastic win on Saturday. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about um, the latest on on the new chief executive and his. Um, improved communications that we heard from uh, late last week with a statement from Salah we'll talk on a few different points we've got a couple of questions and we will look ahead to Saturday and Wigan um so we'll start with Barnsley oh we'll, we'll start low and we'll get higher we'll talk about derby yeah, yeah. later get, uh, get the get the bad stuff out the way get the bad first. stuff out the way first like, exactly mate exactly um tough evening but from what i can gather it was uh, the referee was the, the main the spotlight was on on him is that safe to say I mean, it's a really it's a really
1: interesting uh, dynamic when you start to talk about referees and officials and you don't want to get into excuse making territory, which you can't, which managers, players, uh, media and fans can often, you know, get themselves into when talking about officials and decisions because they are difficult and they are they get one chance to look at it when no VAR. but I suppose when Shrewsby go to Barnsley, you you look at it and think, Okay, Barnsley away, that's a tough game. What you can do without is is and I asked and I spoke to Matt about this last night. I said, What you can do without is Goals changed the complexion and they changed the feel. Shrewsbury had started fairly brightly for 19 minutes. They passed it around all right. They probably had settled the quicker of the two sides. Barnsley, whose home form, having lost four out of six at home, you could tell it was on edge. I mean, the atmosphere was absolutely abysmal all night at the ground, I must admit. It was never absolutely-
0: never seems to be anyone in Oakwell, no matter yeah. how well they're doing. It's quite a big ground with not many people in it. No, you know, no. It, well, it was TV. absolutely... It,
1: yeah, I mean, there was 10,000 people there, which is, you know, just 2,000 short of what they were at the Meadow for Shrewsbury Derby. But obviously it's a huge stadium and it felt particularly, particularly empty last night. So, yeah, <clears throat> I don't know, at 19 minutes into the game, referee gives a penalty. And I think the biggest thing for me is that you can spend all week planning and coaching and getting ready for a game of football. But when somebody has a shot from five yards away from you, you, you turn your back and it hits you on the arm. What 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 are you supposed to what what can you do to, to avoid it? And I don't get how that can be given a penalty if there's nothing you can do to stop the ball from hitting your arm. How how can that be? And then and I suppose the attitude is people you know when you see defenders and they put their hands behind the back when they're trying to yeah. defend, and you and I'm just like. I don't know. I just don't know what Carl Winchester and Matt said it himself. I just don't know what he's supposed to do to avoid that ball. I, I, I just don't know what what
0: what what he did. The rules have been so five the, yards. yeah. The rules have been so convoluted, haven't they? On, on handball, and they should be very much, you know, black and white. You know, when I played foot as a kid, it was. I think the phrase was ball to like ball to hand, or you know, you say yeah, oh, yeah, ball yeah. to hand, that's handball, or you know, it's accidental, and yeah, you just don't know. And I thought it was, you know. It was very harsh. Just on the other refereeing decision, I'll um, Shrewsbury believe they should have had a penalty. I've I've seen footage of that on on Mal Benin. Um I thought it was a penalty to be honest. And those are like you say, they're two big decisions that change the complexion of the game. Well, t- I mean, two n-
1: a two nil lead. I mean, Shrewsbury have scored two
0: goals once all
1: season. So what are the odds of Shrewsbury coming back? To win the game well very slim and you know they don't score they don't you know without being unkind they don't score two goals do they they haven't done that yet they're a developing group and they've started to score a few more but they still don't score a lot so a two nil lead you know that's that's something that shrewsbury are gonna are gonna struggle to come back from but it also settled Barnsley down as well it kind of gave them the confidence and that's the point about the impact of what got, i mean i've been to so many games of football where certain teams have not played that well but because you know the result has been two 0 Everyone's like, oh well, that's a good performance. Whereas actually, it was fairly average. But it's the score the score line is what often dictates to the way that the game's going. So I don't know. The second one is one that I'm not quite so convinced about. And if I was going to say, if if I had any argument, I mean, I definitely don't think that first one's a penalty. Absolutely no chance. I feel as though he tugs. uh, I'm not sure which player it was from Barnsley, but he tugs Mal Benning back. He he does tug him. I also feel that Mal Benning has to be stronger and, you know, let alone a penalty. He was in a great position to square it or or shoot or or, or score the goal himself. Um, And somehow he gets back goal side. He does tug him. Probably, I think what we said speaking off air, didn't we, before we started recording, if Mal goes down, does he get the penalty?
0: Probably, my argument on it again, Salah fans, just as a bit of reference, me and Ollie were just mentioned before we started recording. If that is anywhere else on the field, yeah, yeah not yeah. in a not in a penalty area, that is given. If if that's the other way around and that player has tugged Mal Benning in Mal Benning's box, you know, he's the defender. It gets given, but because yeah, he's yeah. the attacking player. You know, we see it so many times, don't we? There'll be a coming together, a foul in the box. It looks like a penalty. You know, you watch your back, it is a penalty and it's not given. But you'll see exactly the same incident, you know, on the halfway line. You know, player tugs tugs a shirt, pulls someone back, impedes them to free kick, you know, and you just forget about the decision because it's on the halfway yeah. line. But yeah, that's it's just the inconsistency of it, I, I suppose. And we yeah, do see no, it but... every week, but it must be doubly frustrating, like you say, for Matt Taylor. When you go to a place like Barnsley, aside side who are, who are flying in the league, you know, you need everything to go for you. You don't need one, let alone two, decisions to go against you. And it, well, well that, it, it that, must that, be frustrating. That
1: decision, that decision hurt Town times two, because not only was it not a penalty to make it 1-1, and given Town's record from the spot this year, two penalties taken, two penalties missed, you know, you, there's nothing to say that you're definitely going to score it. But what made that even worse is the guy got took the ball off Benin, booted it down the field. Devante Cole got the better of Dunkley on the wing, laid it back 2-0. I mean, that's more the worst thing about it. Because at 1-0, you're always in the game. At 2-0, away at Barnsley, a side that don't score that many goals, you're well and well up against it. And it must be hard for a group of players when, to be honest, they didn't do a fat lot wrong. I mean, Dunkley picked up a yellow card with his first, I mean, Matt Taylor said it, his first action of the game. Um, I'm not really sure what relevance that has, because at the end of the day, if it's a yellow card tackle, then it's a yellow. You know, if it's a foul and it deserves a yellow card and it doesn't matter if it's in the third minute of the game or it's in the 93rd minute, then it's a yellow card. And he was late. Um, so I don't. I didn't feel as though he could argue too much with the yellow card. And then because he got booked, he, he needed to take Cole down. He needed to lay him over, basically. Uh, and there's no way he could do that because because he, he'd already picked up a yellow card and then he would have been off. And then that would have been an even longer night. So, you know, from the 24th, 25th minute, it almost felt like, you don't want to say it felt like the game was over, but, you know, with Shrewsbury being short of goals and being short, you know, um, they struggled from there on in. I didn't think they played particularly badly at any stage. It wasn't like an abysmal performance by no means. I thought they competed well. I thought they were tidy on the ball. The same old problems were kind of there, as though they huffed and puffed and, you know, didn't really get anywhere. The only real chances they created, you know, came from set pieces. So I don't know, it's it was a really difficult a really difficult evening. I don't like to blame the officials, but you know, when they when an opposition's given a two nil head start, I don't really know what what else you can, you know, attribute the defeat yeah. to,
0: to be honest. Um Yeah, it's difficult, isn't it? I just want to talk um individuals, you know, someone who played well on Saturday at Derby, uh, for what we're reading. Picked, picked up a knock on uh, on uh, Oakwell yesterday evening. And, you know, Jason Schreyer, who's come in, done really well. And uh, just on his general performance, really, you know, we've there's been a lot of sort of column inches. You know, I think you spoke to him after the game on on Saturday. How impressed have you been with him all, coming in and, and you know, someone who was very much on the fringes, but now he seems to have sort of nailed down a starting place?
1: Uh, yeah, very impressed. I think the, I think everybody's been very impressed. He's, impressed. he's very athletic. He's very physical. He's comfortable on the ball as well. He seems to have all the attributes. He's a young player. What I'm pleased for him for is that he's been out of the side. Um, he's been out of the match day 18, not just out of the side. He's not even been in the squad from time to time. And he's come in. He's got a chance because Morgan Feeney went off injured and Joe Anderson was suspended. He took that chance. And when the space became available, a fair play to Taylor, he's he's thrown him in there and he's done really, really well. Um, So, you know, let's hope that that injury that he picked up is not too bad. He he has done, he has done very well um, of late and it's really pleasing to kind of see him do well. He seems like a nice, a really, really nice guy. Um, So, you know, pleasing to see and let's keep our fingers crossed that
0: it's, you know, the injury itself's not actually too serious. It's a good, like you say there, you know, you say there, play to Taylor for, you know, bringing him in and, and sticking with him because he did play well. It, that I think we referenced it a little bit on last week's pod, but that's not an example, but a good sign for, you know, like the, those other players on the fringes that if you do get a chance and you do come in and impress, then, you know, I know there's there's injury issues at the back, which have probably led to him playing more than than he maybe would have done if the likes of Morgan Feeney were fit. Um but it shows those fringe players, you know, if you come in and, and do well and make an impact, then you will you will nail down a place in the start 11. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, somebody
1: else who's done pretty well, I think, um, who I quite like is Tamisi Sabawali. I feel like as though he's he's come in and made an impact as well. He came on at halftime yesterday for Noah and Kenner, and I thought he did pretty well. well. He's quite direct. He's probably like every like anyone in the town team at the moment. It's the end product that's kind of missing, you know. Th- flashes of really good stuff but that end product is sadly just not quite there at the moment but you know it's early days they will get there excuse me johnny
0: yeah. is that um, the um is that the only you know maybe not only piece of the puzzle but you know if they had that end product you know would salad be in a, in a very much healthy you know healthy but i'm not saying you know challenging at the top but is that the missing piece of the jigsaw at the moment or are there other areas as well that Salop need to improve on or is it just that you know final third end product finishing team yeah I
1: I, I mean that is certainly the one that comes to mind when when you
0: think of what what does
1: Salop need to do better it is in front of goal Uh, I feel as though I I feel as though they're playing they they pass it around okay they're fairly patient with it but but yeah it's that in front of goal they need to be You know, they need to create more chances. They need to, on a more consistent basis, against Derby on Saturday, they did it. And, you know, they should have scored four or five. Um, Not probably not four or five. That's probably me going over the top. But they should have scored more than one. I mean, they missed a penalty. There were three or four really good chances, good saves. But it's not, it's not like, it's not consistent where they don't, it's not every game. Like some games they'll create lots of chances and miss them. And then other games, they won't create anything. So then, what you know? Then they've not scored many goals, have they? Um, so yeah, I would say that's that that's probably the area that you know town need to look to try and improve as as best as possible. Really, I would have suggested. Um, yeah, I mean we, we need to see we need to see some more goals, don't we?
0: Yeah, is it you mentioned there? Like some games they don't create anything, and some games they create a lot. Is it a case of maybe I don't know taking the handbrake off at the right time or? you know, just that little bit of quality in the final third? Or is it, you know, can you pinpoint one one thing, you know, or, you know, there are, I've, I've got, what I'm trying to get I've, at I've is got, there's some um, teams, there's some teams, for example, who will, you know, for example, I, you know, I cover West Brom last season. West Brom created a bucket load of chances at the start of last season. They just could not finish. So the creativity wasn't the problem. Whereas sometimes it is the problem at Salah, you know, they're not creating chances, but other times they are creating chances, not putting the ball in the net.
1: Yeah, um, as a general rule, I would have said it's probably um, the, the, there's not enough creativity. I, there was the, that comment piece in the paper last week about, about it's hard to blame the strikers. And a few fans said, oh, well, if strikers don't score, they're going to come in for some criticism. But that was kind of that was without context. The context of what I was saying is I feel it was hard to blame the strikers because I don't look at. Dan Udo and think he misses three sitters each week and he's not scoring
0: them. He's not getting the the sitters to not.
1: not, You know, probably Max Matters probably had a few more chances but they're not getting the they're not getting the opportunities to stick the ball away um, as often as they would like. So, look at Dan he had a great chance on Saturday but he created it himself the ball came to him in the box he spun he spun on it hit it first time and Wald, Waldsmith produced a, an absolutely brilliant save but that was a chance from nothing that wasn't the ball I mean you look at Barnsley's second goal yesterday I mean they're you know like tappings like you know probably one-on-ones I don't feel as though Town are, are missing you know I know they did on Saturday um, but like like Udo is the big one, you know. He's the goal scorer. He's the one who, in the past, has scored you know sixteen goals in a season. And I don't look at Udo and think, well. Well, I look at him and think, well, you know, he's not missing that many that many no. opportunities. Max Matter has probably struggled a little bit more in front of goal. But even still, I can think of, you know, one at you know, one against Charlton, a header, maybe a one on one on Saturday that he probably should have done better with. But he was on his right foot, so. You know, I, I don't look back and think, oh, these guys are just missing sitter after sitter after sitter. Um, but yeah, I suppose there's a bit more end product that's needed. You know, I think Taylor Perry's a fantastic footballer. I think he's been a really, really good signing. But that's something for him that he needs to kind of. I know he scored the equalizer against Cambridge, but you know, there's there, there's at times this season where he got into some really good positions. There was another another example at Derby where he he sat the defender down and he just had to roll it past the keeper and he rolled it wide and you. Those are the moments really where town need to be better. Yeah. Um, What I would say, though, is it's an interesting trend that seems to be developing, is that town actually seemed to create a lot more at home. Yeah. So, you know, they created a lot against Derby. They created a lot against Charlton. But on the road, the chances seemed to be a little bit more at a premium. They didn't create anything against Oxford. There was very little last night, just a set piece. I mean, there was very little against Cambridge. I know we scored at the end from a goalmouth scramble, but it wasn't. We weren't particularly banging down the door, whereas at home it seems as though that there, there is quite a lot more. Um, so that'll be something interesting. Matt Taylor actually touched on the away form a little bit um, last night because the away form's not ideal. I think they've taken four points away from home. <clears throat> One of those was the win at Fleetwood, which I would say can only be described as less than convincing. Um so yeah, I mean we need to keep an eye on the away record, and obviously there's another tough away game just up the road.
0: Yep, yeah, there is. Um, Talking about creativity um, on a positive note, we'll talk Derby now. We'll, uh, we'll 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 lift the mood of the podcast after last night. Um, Ollie, you described it as the best performance of the season. I'm sure you weren't quite expecting it when you turned up and they were facing Derby, one of the League One big boys, but uh, a real blueprint almost from from Matt Taylor's side on on Saturday with that that victory over Derby. We'll talk. Uh, Ghost fouls and penalties and skied spot kicks in a bit. But um, overall, that's more of what Salop fans want to see this season.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It was the best performance of the Matt Taylor tenure, the Matt Taylor era by, by a distance possibly because of the opposition that they are up against and the atmosphere and the occasion that it was, you know, with over 8,000 fans at the Meadow. Um, it, was a, it was a really, really good day. It kind of feels a long way away now that the town played Barnsley last night and obviously lost, which was a game that I think I wrote on Monday. It was a game that I always thought that Trusby would lose. And I don't mean that negatively because of anything that the players did. But, you know, I, I can remember saying to Trusby's head of media, our friend Joe, um, that it reminded me of a situation, very not, not the same, but a similar situation to, you know, it came a couple of years ago at the Rugby World Cup where um, England took on the All Blacks in the semi-finals and it took them absolutely everything till like I kind of win that game and then they went and were absolutely useless against South Africa in the final because the, they'd performed so well in the semi and they then couldn't back it up and I just thought that Shrewsbury performed so well on Saturday against Derby that there was no chance that that they were going to be able to reach those highs again in what was going to be a tough game.
0: And I suppose that's probably why Shrewsbury are you know are where they are. You know they had a really good season last year, and obviously at one point in League One, you know, they had that Paul Hurst season. But Shrewsbury, you know, despite you can talk ambitions all you want, but Shrewsbury are side, you know, on the lower end of sort of budgets and and, and lower and one of the smaller sides in League One. You know, for a reason to go and beat Derby and then go and win at Barnsley is a is a massive massive ask.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, yeah. Yeah, 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 it is. So one of those wins was,
0: you know, good enough. So you know, yeah. it was um yeah, it was good it was good. Yeah, in terms of uh well we'll talk the penalty decision because we've talked about Barnley penalty decision.
1: Yeah, I mean it's never a penalty. A penalty. And it's,
0: it's I, ju- I watched it like three or four times. I watched it again this morning. I don't know why he's giving it I can't see how the referee could give that. You know, it's not like there's it there's no one near him. There's no one right. near him, but I'm not I don't want to label a dive on Max Matter, whether, whether maybe he's tripped or I don't know, maybe his laces run done or something, but it just—it's one of the worst penalty decisions I've ever seen.
1: Yeah, I mean that—that that, that's worse than the penalty decision last night. I would, oh, I middle. admit, it's a lot worse than that. Um, so yeah, yeah, I mean it's ne- it's it's never
0: a penalty. Yeah. No, and then obviously the penalty, you know, it was outside the, dark, the box as well. Yeah, it, did, it looked up right on the edge. Yeah, it was um, yeah, it was a shocker. But on the on the penalty, I think Tom Bayless his penalty, it's probably probably landed in the uh, in the 12 all golf course over at Mel Brace across the road there. <laughs> well, he'd been uh,
1: watching the Rugby World Cup. He? Yeah, yeah, well, yeah.
0: Is, uh, Owen Farrell
1: had been yeah. pleased with that one. That wrong, was, uh, was straight over the middle of the bar, wasn't it? it have been through the posts, three points.
0: Yeah, wrong, uh, wrong sport. But he made up for it with his uh, his winner in the uh, in the second period. Um, oh, sorry, I can't. Think- own goal. That, that own goal. Own goal. Is it own goal? I think it went down as an own goal. Yeah. Yeah. Or he played. Well, say he played a massive hand.
1: part. He was excellent. He was excellent. Tom yeah. Bates was absolutely brilliant. So that I don't was want my, to do him uh, an injustice, but I, I'm not sure that the goal was his.
0: Yeah, that was more my point. Oh, he to, you know he got praised for his performance on Saturday, and he's someone that we have talked about. and maybe hasn't hit the heights of last season so far in this campaign. That performance and and that you know hand in the goal, shall we say, well should serve as a, a bit of a boost for him. Yeah 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 abs- yeah absolutely. Um, he he was he was really good. Tom Bayliss was really good. Um
1: so um yeah. Um yeah, he played he played really well. Um and you know, it's been the performance that we've really been looking at looking for from him. Um but I thought he did I thought he did do really really well um in midfield on Saturday. I thought he carried the ball well. I thought he created chances. He got involved. Um and he showed his quality. Uh, not from the spot, but he showed his quality from from time to time. Got town on the attack, uh, and you know, despite the despite a really difficult moment where you know obviously Shrews have missed a penalty, he then kind of showed the resilience to come back and play a massive part on 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 the, in the winner. You know, putting Conor Hurahan under pressure for him to then turn it into his own net. So you know, it was really pleasing for for Tom Bailis and. Uh, um, Really tough for the for him and the performance that he managed to put in.
0: Is he the type of player? You know, I, I saw a lot of him last season, and you know when he played well, Sarp tended to play well. Is he the player still at Shrewsbury that if you know if he performs like you say, he runs with the ball, he drags him up the pitch. If he's on it, Shrewsbury are much 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 yeah, better
1: yeah, side. Yeah, 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 no, no, no yeah, absolutely. He, his performance is really really integral to how town. Go about the business and how how, how they play. Um, that's 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 my opinion. Um, so yeah, um, I thought it was really that they need. You know, Matt Taylor's job is to try and get the best out of Tom Bayliss as frequently as he possibly can. Um, so you know, it's a good step in the right direction. Um, so it was quieter last night, but I think you know m- most of the town players you know were probably a little bit quieter last night. So yeah, hopefully we can see a, a lot more of Tom Bayliss in the in the in the games and weeks to come.
0: Yeah, just on um I want to just talk to some other individuals I suppose. So Udo and Matter up, up top, Udo and Matter up top again last night. Is we talked about strikers last week, didn't we? You know, we mentioned Kieran Phillips and we talked about sort of strikers and chances. Is that does that now look like it's gonna be the the number one front two almost all of, of Matter and, and Udo?
1: Yeah, obviously Kieran Phillips is out injured. Um so we're not we're not entirely sure. Not blessed
0: with options either. No, they're not
1: blessed with options. Obviously, they've got Ryan Bowman. Um, So, you know, we're just going to have to wait and see, really, I suppose. Uh, It looks as though that that's the main front two. Um, Max Matter is, yeah, Max Matter is, it looks to be, like he's going to be a good player. Um, So, I'm just going to have to wait and see, really. At At the moment, he's probably not hit his straps as much as he would have liked to. Um and he's still feeling his way in. Obviously, he's from New Zealand, isn't he? And, you know, he's moved to a new area, and these things don't necessarily are not always a linear path where you just kind of gradually increase and get better and better. You know, there are ups and downs. So, you know, I feel as though there is something there with him. There is something there. It's just whether it takes him a little bit of time to adjust to English football and adjust to League One, um, I think that there's perhaps... A good chance that you know that is the case uh but he has got the raw attributes he's good in the air um he's got a good leap on him he's a good athlete he gets around he covers the ground and he works hard and he seems like a pretty honest honest lad so it's one of those things really um so yeah that's that's kind of uh that's kind of
0: um what i'd say yeah we see when we saw players like that obviously when shoes we him for from ireland um, excuse me I've signed from Ireland before I think Josh Daniels and, and, and the likes and, yeah. and players like that have come in in previous years they sort of get sort of bedded in and, and, and sort of you know phased in do you think Matt Taylor's probably you know from what Matt Taylor said about Kieran Phillips you know he said he would have loved to have played him every game but there's that agreement with with his parent club that he's been phased in is it a case of if you know Kieran Phillips did come in without a, a, a you know on the back of that injury and not with that agreement that Max Matter might have been the one who was phased in and just fed into to, to to life in the football league, because you know life in, in League One has, has got to be you know a world apart from from playing in Ireland.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think so. I think so. I mean, obviously Kieran Phillips, is, uh, the, the story came out last week that he he's been on like a phased return because of a bad hamstring injury he picked up last season. Maybe Max Matters played a lot more football than perhaps he should have done, or perhaps Town had hoped. But you know, he spent what five weeks. You know, in the country, not being able to play because he didn't have a visa or a work permit. So, yeah, I, I, I would have, I would expect it's very different to playing in Ireland. I mean, I, I don't I don't know the standard. I've never watched a game. Um, the only thing I suppose I have to compare it to is, you know, is it a similar level to TNS? I don't know. You tell me, Johnny. What do you? Yeah, think? Yeah, probably.
0: Although a little bit of a start for you. We, you know, he's moved to the area, and we say that um, you know, time to, to bed in, which it is. You know, coming from a, a new environment, but he has actually scored in Shropshire before, Ollie. Has he? He scored in Shropshire for Sligo Rovers against Ballatown Town in the Europa Conference League at TNS's ground. I've dug right. out, I was looking for photos the other day, and we, we had a photo of him scoring in the uh, in the archives. Um, but yeah, you know, it's it's a big it's a big leap, isn't it? It, it is. For example, yep. someone coming from that, st- you know, I've watched a lot of, of, of Welsh football. You know, it's so it is similar to someone coming from that standard. You are Welsh, aren't you? To be fair. Well, I live on the border. I've got I've got a few Welsh relatives. Yeah, um, but it's someone. <laughs> it, it is that case of, you know, maybe maybe a tiny bit above that to be honest. But it's a, it's a big leap. It's a big leap. And just on another point to that, you know, we say if others were fit, he would have been phased in. On another point. Probably does him a little bit more good to be lobbed in at the deep end, yeah, 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 almost. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I know some fans have been maybe a little bit critical of him, but you know he's learning on the job. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, no, yeah,
1: no. I think you make. I think you make a valid point. I think if you asked him, he'd probably prefer to get thrown in there and to to be thrown in at the deep end and to kind of evolve and develop as each game passes by. Yeah, It's certainly no. not been bad. It's just, it's just the goals, isn't it? It's like it's, it's like you say it's just. It's the goals and, and i feel like the kind of paying the price for Shrewsbury's perhaps lack of creativity yeah
0: and he doesn't um, look like from what i've read and from what i've seen he's not a striker that's coming into and, and you've looked at him and gone that's a terrible sign and he's not going to do it at this level no you know, no the, the no, signs are, no, no. the signs are there and, and and it's you know obviously understandable coming from from that level that he's probably going to take a bit of time but hopefully yeah. he does it. it like you say hit his straps and uh and starts to find the net right time for a little shout out for our uh our sponsor proudly sponsored here all our podcast at MA media shops star and express and star are sponsored by the kettle and Toaster Man, your graded product specialist over in briley hill Some fantastic products, great prices so uh if you want to get your hands on anything or have a bit of a browse head to kettleandtoasterman.co.uk uh right just a couple of bit of a little bit of news points really just feeds onto the back of what we talked about last week. Uh, Liam Dooley appointed as new Salop chief executive. Um, myself, Ollie, and Jack Groom of Shoes Analysis talked about this last week. You've seen some some pieces as well that we've we've put online. Um, and sort of late last week, I think it was Friday, all Shoes be released a, a statement about um, Dooley wanted to create closer links between the clubs and the supporters. um, I'm just going to read the statement out for you, actually. Um, Town is determined to improve communication with supporters, with the club committing to regular meetings to increase dialogue with fans. Earlier this week, we announced Liam Dooley has been appointed as a new Chief Executive Officer, with increased fan engagement a key priority. On Thursday, Liam met with Supporter Liaison Officer Roger Groves, as well as Mike Davis, who has returned as an SLO uh, after a short break uh, at that meeting. A schedule for future fan engagement was agreed. For current and potential future SLOs to meet with Liam on a monthly basis, the club would also like to launch a new fan engagement panel that would consist of a diverse group of supporters who will meet with the club four times a year. Chubertown is committed to holding biannual supporters' parliament meetings, um, and then some quotes underneath that it was welcomed by uh, by the support liaison officer Roger Groves. Not a lot to say really, all but just good news, you know, good a a new initiative in there with the. um, with the panel, the engagement panel, um, the supporters parliament, which was very sort of um, welcomed under the previous regime. Um, and yeah, all the as we say, more more of the right noises from the new chief executive.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. He came up um, to say hello to me on Saturday. Uh, before the derby game and we had a chat for 10 or 15 minutes just about just about various things there was just 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 me and him really and we were just 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 chatting and you know seeing how he settled in and you know all the plans that he's got you know for the club and things like that so yeah it was great to meet him um he seems like a nice like a nice enough um fella um and yeah um we will wait to see how how he now gets on in the role, um, you know, uh, looking forward to getting a chance to interview him, um, over the next few weeks, hopefully, at some point. Um, and and yeah, it's it's it's, a, it's 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 exciting, I think it's a role that they needed to fill, and I'm pleased that they've done it. You know, they're making the right noises as ever, always with these things. The, as we say, the, the, the old cliche, the proof is in the pudding. So we will wait to see. But they seem to they seem to be doing the right things and they seem to have made positive steps already. So, uh, you know, it's difficult to argue that it's been a bad move so far. So, you know, um, we'll keep our eye on it. We'll follow it closely and hopefully we get a chance to interview him um, uh, uh, and ask him some questions at some stage soon.
0: Right, time for, I would say questions, but we've just got the one question this week and we've probably already answered it already. Rob, oh Rob, has got in touch. Thank you for your question. Only Cheltenham Town and Sheffield Wednesday have scored fewer goals than us across the Football League. Why do you think we are scoring so few goals? Um, Probably just, I think Rob or Rob probably just needs to rewind the podcast to the bit where we're talking about creativity.
1: We're just not creating enough chances, really, are we? And then... It's a combination of not creating enough chances, and then when we do, we miss them. I would say say that that's it in a nutshell. Um, We don't create enough, often enough, consistently enough. But then when we do, and we create lots of chances, yeah, we we don't score them um, as often. So when you combine those two things together, it's not a good recipe really, is it, Um, for seeing too many goals? I do find it interesting that we've seen uh, right. more goals at home than we have away from home, um, and whether that has an impact. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we were talking before the game yesterday, Barnsley scored more goals in their opening day win against Port Vale when they won seven. Well, not scored, the, the same as Shrewsbury yeah. all season. Yeah,
0: um, exactly. An alarming stat, isn't it? And you know, it puts yeah. a big owner, it's a put puts it just to extend the sort of the thing to is, question, though, is that they, are, it, they are they are they are they are shoot town are solid, so yeah, but it puts, more that, of, it puts more of an emphasis, then doesn't it? You know, more almost pressure on the on the back line, it would perform it very well and you, you know, keeping clean sheets. But I suppose when they defend valiantly, yeah, you know, and the since, strikers or the yeah. forward players aren't creating it's frustrating. since
1: my time at this club, though, we've been built on solid foundations, mm. we've not been built on. Uh, you know, rip roar in four three wins. You know, even under Steve Cotcher, we were built from a solid base. We were built from, you, I mean, you know what I mean, don't you? Like, you know, we we built built from the back, um, and and that's the same here. That it doesn't matter whether you win. Like I wrote, like you know, four four out of the five wins have been one nils. It doesn't matter. Um, how you how you get them you just got to make sure that you get them haven't you so there's nothing wrong with being solid defensively but the difficulty is is that you know when you have uncontrollable things that happen in games like that did at barnsley last night where they are pretty much gifted two goals in the first 25 minutes for a team that doesn't score many it then looks a very
0: long way for, for, for town to come back uh, thanks for your question, uh, Rob. Uh, Rob, um, it's a good question. It's here, a good week. question. Good question. Do get in touch next week, uh, Salab fans. Um, just a couple of points before we we finish. I was going to mention this earlier, Rob, but I had not got it written down on my list. I just wanted to talk about. Uh, Matt Taylor made a point of talking about this connection with the supporters on Saturday. Also, was a yeah, eight, he did, didn't eight yeah. thousand or so strong crowd at the uh, the crowd meadow the other day, and I want to couple it with. A video put on social media, very good, really nice video. You know, after after they won the game of of Taylor, sort of going up to all his players, embracing them, you know, and uh, and and clapping the fans, etc. But just a couple of his quotes. He said the connection with the fans is building. The players, the new players, are understanding that. From my perspective, it's the biggest crowd of the season, and to be able to go and share that feeling with them is fantastic. It seems. There are building blocks, you know, on and off the field. You know, fans have at times been a little bit frustrated. You know, you would be if your team's not scoring a lot of goals. Um, The building blocks have been put together on the field and off the field. It seems like the large majority of Shrewsbury fans are starting to see, you know, what the cogs are turning. You know, they are starting to build a bit. You know, like we said, haven't scored a lot of goals, but there is that, seems to be that connection there after quite a disconnected summer of, you know, lose, you know, a manager leaving who who fans really liked and, and did really well, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, it seems to be just all gluing itself back together a little bit more. Yeah, 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 no,
1: no, no, it does, it does. I mean, it, you know, we've said it before, it's a results business and there's a lot of negativity around, isn't there, on social media and, you know, this and that. And But yeah, no, no, it, there's a lot of negativity around, but it's a results business. And when results pick up, then as does, you know, as does the atmosphere, and you know, I actually feel like it's the. I've said this before, but it's the vocal, it's the vocal minority rather than the quiet majority. It's a lot um, like every club as well. It's not yeah, just. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the yeah. yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I, I I found the atmosphere absolutely excellent on on Saturday, and I thought it was really nice. Um, some good results, you know, two wins and a draw in succession. Um, so, yeah, it, it's nice for Matt to to point that out. Uh, it's important. They had it last year, uh, a good relationship between the fans um, and, and the players and the staff. So, you know, that's a good thing and something that they will be hoping to continue to build on. Uh, but it's results led. It is results led and it's performance led and it's goals led and it's entertainment led. So, you know if they don't, if they now don't go and score for the next 10 games, then, you know, that connection will find itself difficult to build. So it's all about, you know, getting results. And Matt knows that. Um, He's a pretty level-headed guy. Um, So, yeah, it's good. And he was, I quite like the fact that he was encouraging the fans to try and come up to Barnsley and St And obviously, 221 of them did make the trip up to Yorkshire, three hours, stuck on the M1 last night. And then, (laughs) late back I got back at 2:30 2 30, 2 30, I think I got back late one. late,
0: late one I didn't
1: know, I didn't know whether to 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 join the Shrewsbury Town media staff in McDonald's or not I was weighing up I was weighing up what do I do what do I do I I'd be three, all, I'd three, be all over healthy, it I'd be all three over
0: three the eating at Chile that though. oh did you Threw, yeah Christ. Eating at that time of night is, is not good for you. I can I speak from experience when I say that. Um, just finally, old oh, Wigan Saturday less of a, less of a, well still a, a bit of a trip, but not not as long. Who um, come down last season struggling? You know, obviously financial problems off the field. Sean Maloney's trying to turn things around there. Um, at the I was going to say DW Stadium, but I don't think What's it's called the food that Food like at Wigan, but I can't you remember. So, yeah, I can't, I did, I did. Can't remember, so it must not have been fantastic. I think it's a pie. I think it's like salop it's pie, but not as nice as Salop's pies. Um, but yeah, heading up there is, is it one? You know, obviously Wigan in name, big club in League One, but struggling at the moment. You know, Matt take Taylor's really yeah, take a take, point. But take a point. Yeah. Do you think Matt, you know, in all seriousness, would he be going up there? Do you think he's going up there, targeting three points, given the position of Wigan, or is he looking, you know, point is minimum, anything else is bonus?
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I just any point on the road is good, uh, not losing you know keeps the momentum going good performance it'd be nice to see town be involved in a game with lots of goals from both sides you know a 2-2 draw that that would be I would like to see that I'd like to see that we can score more than one once in a game we've only done it once this season and it's you know uh, that that would be you know uh, I mean obviously of course I want Shrewsbury to win you know I want you to win every game but I don't think I think part of it is navigating your way through difficult weeks and if you would have said that you would win one lose one and draw one um, with the trips to Derby at Barnsley yeah. sorry the game against Derby the trip to Barnsley and the trip to Wigan you'd say that's a pretty outstanding week wouldn't you really so you know that's that's what I would, that's what you know. True, we're gonna obviously a bit of a basket case at the moment, aren't they, with their off-field problems, um, and so on and so forth. So, let's keep our fingers crossed that you know we can go there and get a positive result on Saturday,
0: hopefully. So, oh, as always, thanks for your time, Salop fans. Oh, it's a pleasure, mate. It's a pleasure. Oh, I love spending my Wednesday mornings with you, Johnny. Love them. Good man, good man. You too, likewise. But, um, as always, thanks for your time, Salop fans. Thank you very much for. Listening, Um, That abysmal performance from the referee at Barnsley spoiled things a little bit, but there there was that win at Derby, and it looks like Matt Taylor is starting to build something as they head to out-of-form Wigan on Saturday. We'll be back next week. You have a great week. To those who are heading up to Wigan, have a great trip and a safe trip. And until next time on Shrew's Views, from me and all, goodbye.